From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Our number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> I have accomplished two goals in life. Braden, Jonathan. I got Bill to laugh at a joke, and I got Braden to be speechless. <laughs> Braden, Jonathan, and Bill in the studio today. Aaron uh, behind the glass. Uh, hey, oh. listen. If you didn't hear last hour, we are uh, accepting your names and numbers as entry for the Wicked Lights giveaway. 888-404-1010. Yes, 888-404-1010. We are giving away another Wicked Light uh, this month, at the end of this month. And this one is an adaptable one. It's not Last month we gave away the headlamp. It was really nice. And uh, uh, some young lady got it last week. I guess uh, you called her and everything's all good. Well, I P- called put down the hot the, chocolate, buddy. I called from, yeah, hot chocolate. Damn. It's finally cool enough you could have a hot chocolate. I could turn the air conditioning down napkins. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we can get it down to about 40 degrees in here if you'd like. Gives a break between the suites. It's beginning yeah, to wait, look I tried calling from the studio, didn't get her, and um, I was going to give it to Glenn to take care of as soon as he got back to worry about shipping it up to her. Okay, nice. Well, in this, Alabama. Alabama. Oh, she must have been down here and registered at, at the, the expo. Uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. the Florida Sportsman's Expo. There yeah. you go. Well, uh, th- you can win. All you have to do is give us a call at triple eight four zero four ten ten. It's triple eight four zero four ten ten, and we'll put your name in the hat. And at the end of the month, we'll be giving away the other. Uh, the next one you can multi-purpose. The wicked light. Yeah, it comes in. Uh, uh, adjustable form, which means that you can mount it on a rifle or a shotgun or a four-wheel drive because country boy can't survive. Wow. And uh, the, <laughs> that way uh, you can use it for uh, just about anything. Keep it in a truck, whatever. It's got a red lens, a green lens, and a white lens, and you don't have to change any of it. Mm-hmm. The LEDs are of the color, and that way all you do is just got to click it over, and you got yourself a new color. So you don't have to ch- take it apart, take Flip the front off. off. The most annoying thing to me is the part that you can just click it over to a different color. And... <laughs> Yeah. I'd be, I was alligator hunting. George's. Why is that? Wait a minute. Why is because that I'm sitting here following the light, and all of a sudden I look away, and I'm not seeing a red light anymore. There's a white light. Or, you know, it's like, quit flicking it. Bill's like, I haven't lost my mind yet. Quit flicking it. Just pick one and let's go with it. Next alligator, you can go a different color. You want to go? But when I'm, you know, I'm trying to focus here. Come on. I'm trying to work on my, you know, the approach to get in there, to get that alligator. And then all of a sudden the lights flicking and changing and it just can drive you crazy. Yeah. But wouldn't that be a pretty good strategy as you get closer to the gator to switch to the red or the green? So it throws off his depth perception. Well, it it worked on me. Does it, does it do that to an alligator? I don't know if it does or not. I don't know. Do. Glenn, Glenn had a lot of luck getting up on them with the red, and I we did pull up on some alligators real close, sit there and look at them that we we chose not to pursue um, I, with I, the red light. I uh, will say that it does seem to, the red light doesn't seem to 
shock them as much and produce well, and, and put them on alert where they you know submerge and all that kind of good stuff. It's so. like I told everybody. You remember the stylus back in the day when those came out really big and little pin lights that you could carry yeah. in your pocket and stuff like that. And I joked with a guy about that before <laughs> that the colored lights for some reason like deer and everything. I know it's doing it and <laughs> like deer and everything, mother. This is not cool. The uh, Jonathan's chair is sinking slowly, and he's yeah, getting shorter. The whole by the first moment. hour, it did the fine. Deer, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Bill's done something to it. But, Can you do um, something for me real quick before you get on your comedy? Can yeah. you just point up to the sky and just go the plane, the plane? <laughs> just do it real quick. Just remember, you're the perfect height for a kidney shot. So now I am. But they uh, now I got a little lower. I got an even better shot at something else. <laughs> But that was always the funniest thing to me was to see that green light or something like that. Stop. <laughs> Try to be serious, Bill. The you green light, when whenever I know, you, you just keep bobbing it down up on lower my feet. Lower. But whenever you would hit them with that green light, they didn't spook. But whenever you hit them with a lot, white light for some reason, they just, wait a minute. <laughs> you got to run. I just find it funny. You know, we, we turn around and we're trying to get these lights now that go so dim that they put out so few lumens that you could barely see. Yeah. And then that's really what we used to have with those little Rayovac flashlights. Oh, man. <laughs> Which barely put out enough light to see what was in your backpack, let alone 15 feet out there. But we go from that extreme to now we have 500 lumens of, you know, yeah. intense Cree light and and even that to some people is not enough. I mean, everybody burn. ready? Okay, look away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even when something like that hits the bottom of a white boat, yeah. all of a sudden you're you can't see anything for a little bit. <laughs> I, I can tell you this much. I remember going out uh, a couple of times with Glenn during the gator hunting sprees of old, and he always wore that big giant headlamp on the front that was connected to the battery. And the bad part is, is when humans speak to each other, they like to look in each other's eyes. So when I would say, hey, hey do, you, do you want me to do you want me to grab this or whatever? He'd look right at you. Yeah, just grab it. And he'd be like, looking right into the sun and like, okay. Yeah. So you have to kind of train yourself. You're going to have to give me five minutes before I'm able to see again. You have to train yourself to speak loudly, but in the direction that you're looking and not look at the person that you're talking to, yeah. which my son found out on Halloween evening when I gave him a headlamp. We were walking down the street. <laughs> when we would talk, he'd look up and I'd be like, B, man, you're killing me, man. You got to point that thing down or point it up or keep your head down and just look at the crowd when you're doing that. You're killing me. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, sorry, Dad. I said, otherwise I'll have to take it apart. It's going to take me 20 minutes to find the red lens and put it in the thing. So what did he do? Go up to somebody that held out the bowl to pick the candy out, and right as he went to go get a piece of candy, he looked up in their eyes, and when they couldn't see, he grabbed three or four pieces? Yeah, he blinded them. And then he'd take, he'd <laughs> no, he did that when he went to the liberal's house that gave him a toothbrush. <laughs> we didn't get any toothbrushes. Hey, look right here at my nose. Bring. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get any toothbrushes this year no we had a good halloween this year mm. uh anyway uh honey season the economy's going well is that what it is yeah <clears throat> we'll see if we can keep it on track i i i really hope so you really want to talk about politics you don't want to talk about politics do you you have me here till nine o'clock so I, I, i'm looking forward to collecting my money from jonathan i'll be glad if 
I I would pay you five thousand dollars if I could get done what needed to be done. <laughs> Believe me. All I know is I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm you've heard my thoughts on thirteen, so I'm pretty much yeah. over that. So and. I love it when uh, these people get on there and social media. And again, it's kind of like the coyote situation. They only know half of what it, or not even half of what they're talking about. It's kind of like people with red tide. You know, it's, uh, you know, when everybody starts assuming and saying things at first, and then all of a sudden the facts come out afterwards. And they yeah, it's go, all that oh, fresh water coming oh, out from Okeechobee. Oh, well, it's, oh, oh, I, I told Bill this morning in the parking lot when we got here, we were waiting for you to get here that, uh, yeah, I got into it with two more people this week about a certain person who was running for the governor's race that didn't get it because, quote-unquote, he was connected to the whole uh, red tide and green algae and all that. And basically, my exact words were to these two people who were involved in the fishing industry that uh, you got what you wanted because you cried and complained and carried on and, you know, didn't – anyways – so now you You're need talking to... about winning the battle, losing the war. Uh, mm. Exactly. Yeah. Good way to put it, Bill. You always know we, we, we understand each other so well, <laughs> but you know, Up so until it's a Senate race. Uh, well, but, but now uh, aren't they going to build a big giant, uh, new lake underneath the other lake so that we'll have another lake and another lake and another drainage lake yeah. with a other lake. So that uh, it'll, I guess that'll be the other settling pond that they use before they discharge the water. I don't, uh, you know, a couple of trillion dollars later, and it'll be finished in what twenty. Here's a thought: How about we just let Mosaic and Big Sugar fix it for us? I mean, they've already done it, so whatever. Or when Charlie Chris had the uh, had the chance to buy all of the sugar property and transfer it over to the state of Florida, and he didn't want to do it. Big Sugar was like, hey, we'll fire all our people. We'll get rid of our employees. We'll move out of the state. Just pay us, and we'll get out of here. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. We'll lose revenue. Oh, yeah, it'll look bad. I won't get to win or nothing. All right, we're going to take a break. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. and Brendan Ford. Stay with us. everybody big and wild outdoors you know i gotta remind everybody you know we all remember the days when buying a cooler used to be an easy decision and now buying a cooler means being confused by all the options and the price points and the marketing claims you know somewhere where there's a giant bear you know chewing on something and you're like wow that that never happens uh well now liberty outdoor coolers makes the process less confusing with their durable roto molded awesome coolers that keep ice longer built tougher and cost way less than all those similar coolers they got seven different models and lots of colors to choose from. There's a Liberty Outdoors cooler for everybody and all your needs in the outdoor world, which, uh, you know, some guy may need them just for uh, barley pops, and some guy may need them uh, to carry back some elk from New Mexico. I don't know. So if you want a premium cooler, but you don't want to spend those premium dollars, go find your perfect Liberty Outdoor cooler today or kayak at libertyoutdoors.us. That's libertyoutdoors.us. During the break, we are uh, perusing around the interweb. And I was checking the uh, hunting and fishing forums, which is always an entertaining thing. And, <laughs> you know, God love them. I, I, we all get asked this question. You know, you always get people who are like, man, do you know of any leases around? Do you know any property? Uh, can I hunt that place? Yeah. You know a guy they who wait let me till, They wait till the beginning of hunting exactly. season. I mean, it's like now you're, you know, hey, you know a good place. Now's the time to go, <coughs> hey, where would be a good place to go uh, put in for spring gobbler? 
Because <laughs> now would be the time to start Yeah, you looking. mind if I turkey hunt that place? Yeah, start looking now. I mean, don't wait till uh, we're right, you know, at the beginning of November and go, hey, this gentleman, Donnie, puts out there, hey, I'm looking for a lease to hunt around Hernando County, Florida. Brooksville area, you know, beautiful place. Uh, if you got a spot, there's some good deer up there. Lots of great turkeys in the area, mm-hmm. but most of it is all private, of course, and it's kind of hard to get there. And I love this guy, Eric's response. Top of the one, best one of the entire thing. It says, Making and I, t-shirts. And I'm looking for a blonde nympho who owns a liquor store and a boat that loves fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all have our own wants and desires. So uh, there you go. That was one of the the best ones put out there. But a gentleman uh, sent one out there that I wanted to throw out to Jonathan because I know he likes it, and I get asked this question quite a bit. Uh, what's the best AR platform for deer? What's your preference? And uh, I always say, well, what do you like to shoot in your rifle? Now who's shooting it? Yeah, who's shooting it, and what do you like? Uh, we get a lot of people like people actually hunt with those. I go, well, got a buddy of mine whose daughter goes out there and slays hogs all day with hers. She's out there whopping and popping and stacking them up, so it's all good. So uh, I always say there's a there's a platform out there, depending on how much you want to spend with any cartridge that you want. Yes, sir. Do you want to shoot a 450, a 50 Beowulf? What, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to shoot? There's uh but there was like, well what if I just get the one on the wall? What if I'm about a two two three or a five five six and you know, just go with that? And I'm like, now nah, it's just about ammo. What ammo do you want to use? <laughs> what do you what do you like? You want well, a, what does it like? Yeah. What do you mm. want? The soft points? Or you want uh sixty five grain. What is that what you go with? Sixty five? Sixty two to sixty five. Yeah, depending on twist and all that kind of stuff, what you want to do. Stabilizing a, a bigger bullet or a smaller bullet. A lot of people don't know those things. They just go, I'll take that one. And then they're like, this thing is wandering all over the place. I can't get it to shoot a clover leaf to save my butt. It's like, well, what are you shooting out of it? Well, I'm shooting this 190 grain bullet out of it. And you're like, oh, well, that might make a difference. Because now you're allowing artillery pieces in. and uh, Exactly. Uh, you know, it's totally no, I would different. think that'd be a little bit more stable. And that's the close quarters. You're still lobbing it in there, Mr. 300 Wind Mag. What's, what are you shooting out of that thing? 150 grain? 180. 180? Unless I'm shooting the uh, Sierra Game King hollow points. And then it it uh, is the 165. I was about to say. And that is a devastating combination 150 grain uh winchester silver tips do pretty good too 165 out of a 300 wind mag it's that's trucking along there pretty quickly yeah 180 grain is with just a kinda, hollow point 180 grain is uh is like watching a very slow bowling ball thrown by a six-year-old trying to make it to the pins not out of 300 wait a second it'll be there in a second wait for it wait for it whop that's that's the mile no, it'd be more like 13 seconds. So I'll have to redo it <laughs> That's about what you have. I'll have to redo we'll it. We'll go again. back and listen to it on the podcast. I can click it and present it. Yeah, there you go. do it that way. Uh, but even a 300 Win Mac, you can get an AR platform. It, it just depends on how much you want to spend. You can go to, let's say, let's go top of the world. Let's say you go to go buy a Nemo or something like that and spend the money. This is and a- I mean a lot of money. And you can get 338, 300 Win Max. This, this is the thing with me. 
I have typically felt that the semi-autos were not quite as accurate as the bolt actions. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that I've, and I could be wrong. You know, it could be just a matter of how much money you're spending. But I, I thought that that was typically the case that it was not quite as accurate. And for me, it's not as uh, much about speed. Um, I can tell you from experience, you can work a bolt action pretty darn quick and a pump pretty darn quick. Well, yeah. sure, and a can. single, a TC pretty yeah, quick. I, and I have, I have in, in the one day I shot 10 pigs, uh, in one, one outing, um, I was going back before between my seven millimeter eight TC pistol and a 300 win mag. And it was just, it was a bad day for pigs. <laughs> well, you know, I, so I, I just, I've never felt the need to, to turn around. And I mean, if that's the gun you have, because you enjoy going out there and whirling a bunch of brass out of it. What do you mean whirling a bunch of brass out of it? If you're hunting with it, you're shooting Five at the, yeah, you're shooting at the same saying. rate as a bolt in most cases. Unless but, you're one of those guys who's shooting but, out a running deer and you're you you know you're a pop, 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 pop. No, no. I'm talking about what you do with the gun outside of the hunting scene. A lot of people have those because they just don't enjoy going out there and shooting them. That's true. But that's it, when it's you, a fun gun. That's when you change the top. You take it off and you put a two two three or, or a twenty two caliber. Or, you know, you, you change it up. You know, so that you can still shoot it, but uh, nobody goes to the range and burns through, uh, you know, no. a couple hundred rounds of 300 Win Mag out of their AR platform. I mean, that's an expensive day. Yes. And a very expensive day. So, you know, you just, a couple of pins, take out well, the top, change the spring, boom, bang, you're done. And it's, to it's me, another day. reason that I like that style of firearm now, or I've come to like that style of firearm now, I like Glock pistols. And the one thing about a Glock pistol, it can be dirty, it can be muddy, it can be whatever. But guess what? When you pull the trigger, it goes bang. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that a lot of people, too, there's two reasons uh, for most. is Just like I, bolt-action rifles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think back in the day, a bolt-action rifle uh, were a little more uh, considered more accurate back in the day because the tolerances were a little bit tighter you know you have a mauser act it was a big popular thing you know with the mauser action the locking lugs it's in there there's not there any looseness in there the the bullets not being jostled around it's not you got to remember that the original machine guns that's why the ak's were so successful is because of the loose tolerances in it you know it's kind of sloppy you want it kind of sloppy because that way when there's sand and grit and snow and it didn't matter when you pulled the trigger it yeah, shot it was it was going to get that round in there and get it out of there it didn't matter if it kind of was not the most tight chamber that you actually could have you know as long as it's chrome lined you're not going to melt the thing but a little shoot it till the barrel you know melts or wood catches on fire that's what it was designed for but a bolt action was designed to be accurate and i will say you know they were Back in World War II and World War One, those guys were taught to be shooters. They were taught to be marksmen. You know, one shot, one hit. That's the way it was supposed to be. They didn't hand a guy a magazine with 30 rounds in it and go, just keep the guy's head down while the other guys run up there and get closer. You know what I mean? So the ways of war changed a little bit. And I think that as more people started using ARs to hunt with, more guys complained. Can't no. get it on paper. I I'm, remember the old days here. I can't get it on. They're wandering all over the place. So you had people design better barrels, better locking systems, better gas systems, piston driven. I mean, all that stuff. 
It makes for more, for well, more accurate. Well, and AR. I told you the latest gun that I bought about a year or so ago was a Stealth BA-10, you know, Savage, and it's basically kind of the best of the both worlds. It's a bolt-action rifle, but it's built with AR-style stock and magazine, but it's bolt-action, and that sucker's a tack driver. Yeah. And, and it's made for those people, and I, that's another thing that we have to consider they're, why they're getting so popular, as I say. You know, we've literally been in a conflict for almost 20 years. So think about how many servicemen and women have passed through the gates of our military over that course of time, and how many of those are guys that are going back to Oklahoma, back to Texas, back to Louisiana, and, and they've been carrying around an AR for and know it by like the back of their years, hands. Yeah, five years, ten years, twenty years, whatever it is, they know that gun better than any gun they could ever purchase in their lifetime. And so, uh, they're very familiar with how it works, how it shoots, how it aims, everything. It's a very familiar platform, so they go with what you know, man. You like a bolt action? Some guy's been humping around an AR, an M4 for uh, ten or fifteen years. He knows what he's got. Yep. He knows how to use it. All right, we got to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. In case you didn't know it, we are giving away another uh, Wicked Light this month. So all you got to do to register and to get your name in the hat is call the show, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. You don't have to talk to us. You don't even have to say hi. You don't have to go boo or anything like that. Yeah, just, Mr. Horn. Just call Aaron <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Just call Aaron and uh, give her your name and number, and we'll put your name in the hat, and we'll be drawing that away. It's a really nice one. Go check it out, wickedlights.com. Uh, you can go check them out online. They are very cool. The one we're giving away is the uh, – it's a stick light. You can mount it on your gun. You can put it on a pole, a bang stick, I don't, you know, whatever you want to do. And uh, it's got the tricolor, so you can just click, click, click through the colors, and it's very bright. I don't remember what the lumens is when it's on full – sun mode but i think it's what like 15 or I, something I, I don't know it's 1500 bright. i mean <clears throat> whatever it is it's free it shouldn't matter to you so <laughs> all you have to do is call. it could be a good christmas gift for somebody or for yourself you don't have to tell anybody 888-404-1010 888-404-1010 call and we'll register for the light before the break we were talking a little bit about the ar platform and the reason i wanted to do that is because it led into a story that i read this past week uh, Outdoor Life put out their uh, top 10 um, <clears throat> best lever action guns. Now, this could be anything. It's not just, you know, the old uh, reliable 94. It could be any lever gun that you may think of, which brought me back to uh, a question I was going to ask you guys. I My first year I took with a Model 94 Winchester back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, back in the day. And uh, I had that rifle for a while. Then I upgraded to a bolt-action rifle, at least in my mind, I upgraded to a bolt-action rifle. So I gave, it was my father's rifle, and I gave it back to my father when he moved back to Louisiana. And then uh, then my brother, my middle brother, inherited it, and he hunted with it for years. And now it's more like a, you know, it's like dad's gun, so you don't want to take it out and mess it up anymore than it already is between two two teenagers dragging it through the woods for a long time. So I, I don't know... 
I know people that still own lever action rifles, but I don't know too many people who still hunt with them anymore in the South. You know, it used to be the, you know, you got to go get a brush buster. You know, you got to get that old 35 44. Remington. Or, well, I can tell you up in Pennsylvania, they're still very common. <clears throat> Are in the 30-30 cartridge or something different? Multiple. They 30-30. Uh, is one forty four is very common up there. Forty four mag. Forty four mag. Okay. Yeah. So. But that's not that's a. I mean that's not a real. You reach out and touch someone with it. I mean, You're not reaching out very far. Most of your shots. Uh, the, I would say the average shot, even in Pennsylvania, that I have, is probably somewhere between fifty and seventy five yards. Oh, then that'd be perfect for that. Okay. Because I'm hunting timber. I'm not hunting farmland. I'm not hunting across the farmer's field. I'm hunting timber. And with timber, there's a lot of trees that get in the way. Oh, <laughs> it's like the whole debate, like with the 300 blackout, you know, that I shot the Cody with. That was one of the things one of my buddies at a gun shop said. That's the perfect Florida gun from the standpoint of what you're talking about. Because nine times out of ten, in the state of Florida, where a lot of places that we hunt, you're 150 yards or less. So, average shot in Florida is 30, 35 to 40 it, yards. Yeah. And I mean, that's so, average. I yeah. mean, there's, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there's some that shoot across a sod field or something like that. Yeah. But average shot anywhere between 30 to 45 yards. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you, I, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> we really should write our own list of the, perfect florida guns and how many guns have been pointed out to each end of us individually and said well this is the perfect 35 we talked about last week 35 whalen would be a perfect gun for but you can't find ammo for it i I mean mean, it was developed as a bear gun for the guys in alaska and everywhere else because you don't shoot it far but guess what whatever you shoot with it is gonna stop <laughs> well i would well, now now with more and more states uh like iowa and illinois and ohio now allowing straight walled cartridges i'm probably you're probably going to see an upsurge in some of the lever actions up there uh in uh 450 marlin 444 marlin uh 4570 44 know, mag yeah those kinds of cartridges that are straight shot and even the 357 if it's you know it's a 35 round um, 35 caliber round so uh, you know, they still make some lever action rifles I just, in three fifty seven. So I love the debates that sometimes I get into with people when they you start talking about those rounds with them and stuff like that. And really, you think you could kill a deer with that? I'm like, you can crack a freaking engine block with a three fifty seven. I'm pretty sure you could take a deer down with it. Yeah. Do you know how many guys I know that have uh, in a tree stand? They're sitting there with a big giant rifle, like Bill George. And they don't want to waste that uh, very expensive 300 Win Mag cartridge. So out comes the 1911, you know, from the tree stand. He's only, he's right there. He's right underneath me. He's 45, 45. 45 feet away. Pow, pow. Well, there you go. It's a done deal out of a four inch barrel. So, well, I, funny thing is, I was just thinking about that this morning is, you know, hey, what am I going to hunt with this year? And I was debating taking my 44 Super Red Hawk out, you know. <clears throat> Uh, man, that, people used to hunt with the, those things all the time. Well, I did. I've taken, I've taken a pig there. with that. You know, uh, last year I hunted a lot. I took took my buck here in Florida with my pistol, and I took a buck in Pennsylvania with my seven millimeter oh eight pistol. And and that that one I could reach out to two hundred yards easy if I wanted to. Sure, but um, 
I, I was thinking about going with the 44 this year. Well, you, should, you should give yeah. it a shot. Where you're going to be, it's going to be pretty dense, and it's not going to be shooting very far anyway. Mm, so you're yeah. all good. Well, let me go through the, the, what their list is. On uh, number 10 is the uh, the uh, 1895 Marlin. And, of course, that's the, um, like I said, that's 4440, I mean, 444, uh, 4570, 450 Marlin, that kind of thing like that straight wall. Probably going to see a lot of those sold up north these days. It's funny that they also say that uh, one of the greatest ones is the Marlin 336 N35 Remington, which Bill George and I are big fans of. And we were telling the story of a buddy of mine, Jason, who did a Texas heart shot on a deer in Missouri one year, and that bullet hit it high in the rear haunch, traveled along the spine, literally came out the front shoulder on the same side, and uh, he thought for sure that that deer was gone. It was miles away. It was taken off. It was running. Uh, you know, I hit it in the butt. It's it's not going to make it. You know, I mean, it's going to run forever. And so they started going up the top of the hill looking for this deer, and I walked about 40 yards away, and I went, here's your deer. And he's like, what? It's right there? I went, yeah, it's right here. He's like, you got to be kidding me. Here's a couple pieces of him. <laughs> I go, he's right here. And he, I said, dude, trust me, that 35 Remington is – Man, that is a big old bullet, and it whops when it That's hits. That's what I'm saying. It's not a long range, but when it hits something, <clears throat> man, yeah. Man. Yeah, it works. And when we went to go clean that thing later on, you could see just how well it worked on that whole entire path. It was, it was, not, a, yeah. it was not a handsome thing to do. Uh, Marlin 39A and 22 long rifle. That's one of the, uh, the greatest ones. If you don't, I will say if you don't own a lever action 22 you really should have one mm-hmm. uh because they are a lot of fun and if you got a kid out there man it's what a great way to teach a kid to shoot out there seriously uh much better than something that's in an well, and utility like we're talking about with utility stuff with ars when i go out in the woods i've got a lever action 22 <laughs> on the yeah. articat with me i mean because well you never know take out a couple of raccoons maybe pop a squirrel or two well, never come you, back empty-handed the comment you just made you know i'm sitting there with a 223 ar or my 308 and a raccoon a snake uh you know i mean you can go down the list of stuff that why do i need to pull that 308 or that 223 out mm-hmm. when i can take the 22 and right bill george right uh uh, I'm just thinking he he may not have many raccoons and possums, but he probably has a lot of armadillos. Oh, probably. Uh, number seven on the list. Well, I was is, a 45, so there you go. <laughs> number seven is one that's uh, very popular. It's the uh, Browning BLR. Uh, it's a box magazine fed, mm-hmm. and that way you can get up to those uh, 30-06s, point, the pointy bullets that you can't put into a tube magazine. Uh, 270. I know they make a lot of different cartridges for it. I always just thought the thing about the BLR is, you know, when you drop the lever on a Marlin or a Winchester, you know, the bolt comes back, the lever drops down, and then that's it. There's nothing in between. But when you drop a BLR, you got that big arching piece of metal mm-hmm. that's kind of funky looking. So when you drop it, you know, it's, but they're pretty smooth. They are smooth. That's got a 308, and it's and nice. they're extremely accurate. Uh, one that I've always thought was one of the Best looking lever actions on the entire planet. I always wanted one in a in a three hundred eight, but if you try to find one, they want like way too much money for them. Is the Savage ninety nine? It's a great looking gun. Very smooth, very rounded. Man, I mean, it's just a, that's an awesome looking firearm. And they and they they've lasted forever. Quit pointing at your watch. I hear the music. When we come back, 
That was number six, by the way. When we come back, we'll give you the In top five. In a whole five. segment, we got to number six. Okay, we'll give you the top five when we come back. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Jonathan and Bill George in the studio today. Don't forget, if you want to call in and register for the uh, Wicked Light that we're going to be giving away at the end of the uh, month, all you got to do is give us a call at 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. And we'll put your name in the hat. It's that simple. Don't have to buy nothing. Don't have to register for anything. And uh, we'll uh, see if maybe you can win later on. Doesn't matter. Give it a shot. We were talking before the break. <clears throat> Outdoor Life put out their list of the top 10 best lever-action guns on the planet. I don't know if they're going to go that far, but uh, their top 10 pick. I love it when they do that this time of year, like last week when they did the, the cartridges. And <laughs> we sat here after the show complaining, going 270 didn't make the list, 3030 didn't make the list, all these stuff. It's like, you know, who makes these lists up on this thing? That's why I said we should literally go down and make our own list of yeah. the perfect Florida We couldn't gun. even agree with the three of us. We agreed on your forty four mag and the three fifty seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, number five is the Winchester 1887 shotgun. We can agree. What are you talking about? 1885 shotgun by Winchester, the gun that nobody even knew existed or was ever even produced until Terminator was using it to save the young guy. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. You know, the lever action shotgun that he would pull the trigger and, you know, flip around, boom, boom, do that kind of number. Respect John Wayne, buddy. Believe it or not, that movie brought back a resurgence of that shotgun and they started producing it again (laughs) because... Everybody was like, hey, man, do they make that shotgun? Where can you get that? And you had to go find the original, which, by the way, the original, they did have some problems with them on um, <clears throat> being able to reload it in a hurry. seems that the flat nose of the shotgun shell would sometimes get hung up on the chamber as it would be trying to be uh, put into the chamber. Number four is the Winchester 1894 in 3240, which is, wow. a, is a very obsolete, very hard to That's find. That's reaching. That's one that you got to go down to Deer Hunter Guns and uh, yeah, that yeah you're Dan, that or you're getting somebody to reload that one for you. You got to get Dan Noel out there somewhere. To start. I need you to find me a box of thirty two forty. Say what? <laughs> I'd go find you a box made in nineteen fifty three by Clean Bore or somebody like that. You know the old Remington Clean Bore. See if I can't find mm-hmm. you a box of that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, great gun to have, but uh, good luck finding <clears throat> ammo for the thing. Mm-hmm. Winchester, 1886 in the uh, every popular, and believe it or not, it's getting to be a resurgent, uh, the forty five seventy cartridge. Another one that uh, is a big, slow, uh, boogity-boogity round that when it hits, it does what it's supposed to do. Been around for a very, very long time. The original machine gun round mm-hmm. and the old Gatlin. Been around that long, ladies the and devil's gentlemen. Devil's breath. Yeah, in forty-five seventy back then, it was a black powder cartridge. Back in now, you get them modern ones, and now you can really fling that thing really far. Well, Eight- they did pretty good with the black powder ones in the day. <clears throat> yeah, and those were the bad part about it. What people don't realize back in the day is that was a forty-five caliber soft lead bullet. It was not a hard lead. It wasn't a uh, alloy blend or anything like that. So. Something that hits something of any mass, 
that started at 45 caliber, by the time it probably reached the back, it was somewhere around 60 caliber. So it was, uh, you can imagine, I, I saw a guy one time on video shot a doe with a 60 caliber black powder muzzle loader that they used to use back in the day when you could hunt deer uh, for a meat product. You know, yeah. they, they, mm-hmm. they, they had the Bill George mentality that if you're going to hit it, if you hit you're going to knock it down. If you want to hit it in the foot, it's going to kill it. If you hit it in the ear, it's going to kill it. If you take its nose off, it's going to kill it. And especially with a soft 60 caliber round ball that by the time it exited and hit the other side was probably somewhere about the size of a uh, lacrosse ball. <laughs> I mean, that was a big, huge well, it's thing. Like what that, that was what they used. A lot of that stuff is like what they used for Buffalo and everything else. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and that was a big giant chunk of lead when you're talking about a 60 caliber. I couldn't even imagine what the grain of that thing must have been. Imagine what the recoil was. I think they that. would go with pounds or quarter pounders when it comes to weight on that uh where was i number three is the uh, winchester 1873 it's the uh, reproduction one of course trying to find one of those original you better have a pretty good bank account i'm sorry that was number two and number one uh number one is the yes uh, my dad my dad always wanted this rifle and I say, Dad, why would you want that rifle? It's a pistol cartridge. Why would you? Want it? I just always wanted one. I love the looks of them. Is the old Henry rifle? No, I was just about to say in forty four forty. You know, as back in the day uh, when uh, your pistol carried the same thing as your rifle. So you know, yeah. you were never outgunned and never outmatched. So, and what was the old slogan for the old Henry? I guess you could load it on a Monday and hunt until Sunday or something like that. I mean, I think it held yep. like sixteen or eighteen rounds in the thing. So. That was one of the original assault rifles. You would be, you'd uh, state, you know, three to five round deal would, most states would be, uh, <laughs> you'd be in trouble. Yeah, I guess you would. Could you plug that? I mean, would you, uh, God, we have to ask Officer Nick that. No, a lot, a lot of stuff is, if it's semi auto, you have a limit on the magazine. Right. Or, like they are, or, yeah. or you, that. But like in Pennsylvania, if you had a semi-auto rifle, you ha- you can't have more than five rounds. But my pump game master uh, Remington in that uh, thirty-five Remington, I-, I-, I bet you I had nine rounds I could put in that thing. Wait a minute, was it a tube fed? The one that you it have? It was a tube. There you go. I'm trying to remember what my little 44 mag holds. Start now. cutting, I th- boys. I thought, I thought it held eight and, rounds. And, I thought it, I think it holds eight I, rounds. I loaned that to my brother one time, and he actually emptied it on a deer. <laughs> and I think everybody was hiding behind a rock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be kind of funny. That's one of those things. Uh, I remember one time we got into a big giant mess of hogs or something. Steve Austin and I were up uh, around Pine Island, and... Uh, I remember Buck Fuller met us back at the truck, and he was like, he goes, man, what was going on back there? It sounded like the Sumter County Wars going on back there. Man. It was gunfire all over the place. It was there. I said, man, we walked up on a big scatter, big sound of hogs, man. They just went in every direction. I don't think we hit one of them. I really don't think we hit We any scared of them. the crap out of them. We man. did. They'll be back in about five hours, you know, once they calm down. Do you think they're coming, are they? No. Oh, well, let's go back. Let's go check the feeder. The other thing is, is that was produced from 1860 all the way to 1866. So I think that falls into the category of the uh, Curo 
doesn't it? So I don't know if that would be under the jurisdiction of the limitations. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Because that's considered a black powder rifle, too, or was originally. So I don't know. It's one of those things we'll have to look into. Mm-hmm. I don't intend to be one who has to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wish to fall in that category. Oh, wait. They do have the quote right here. Uh, wait, let me see. It wasn't the first lever action rifle, but it was the first one commercially successful. We're talking about the Henry. It was chambered in the uh, 44 rimfire. This gun changed the world, and B. Tyler Henry's rifle set the stage for all other lever actions to follow. With a 15-round tube magazine, it was a rifle that the Confederates called that damn Yankee rifle that they load on Sunday and can shoot all week. That's where the term comes from. Yep. <laughs> so, wow, 15 rounds out in the woods with that. You know, I can just see the look on that FWC guy. And give me three cartridges. Give me five cartridges. Give me five more. Can, can, give me, give is me it empty yet? <laughs> all I can tell you is I when mean, you load like what it can hold, the gun's a lot heavier. And it takes a lot more time to unload it. And for for a state like Pennsylvania, if you go anywhere near a vehicle, you can't have a loaded gun. So if you were to go and get in the car, go down the road, you have to unload it, get out the next spot, load it back up, and that gets tiring. Yeah. It, 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 especially well, you would- when you're dumping them out and you've got a pump gun and they're falling into the snow and you know, then you're having to pick them all up and wipe them off. And it's That's just, why you would think that a box magazine, a detachable magazine, would be more popular than a thirty thirty up there. You got to sit there by next to the truck going and emptying the thing out and then put it in the vehicle and then go. Now, does the ammunition have to be away or separated away from the uh, firearm or could it be in the same case or any of that stuff? Because I know some states get all freaky it cannot, freaky. But the, there, it cannot be inside of the firearm. Once it's outside, you could take your so your let me box ask you a question. Magazine, can I open out. the door on the truck and eject the shells into the seat so that they don't <laughs> fall on the ground inside the vehicle? You, you probably could get away with it, but I wouldn't. Not there. I mean, they will write you a ticket so fast. See, and that's my whole thing. People come; they write more tickets than you could imagine. For they, people come out of the woods. And they lean the gun up against the tire of the truck. Yeah, gotcha. And that's a that's a violation. Well, I gotta go. So that's a violation. It's been fun, boys. I gotta leave. I gotta go to work. No, you don't. Vote red. You're sick. Oh yeah, come on. Not all red. Vote red. Not all red. Vote red. What do you mean all red? All right, ignore Bill George. We'll continue this when we come back. See y'all. It's the big and wild outdoors. We're brought to you by G Five Feet Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Get out of here. Go.